Well, welcome back. We're here in northern suburban Belgrade at uh, Michael Brod's house. How are you? How are you, Michael? I'm doing wonderful. Doing wonderful, Austin. Thanks for being here. Thanks for thanks for being a part of this journey. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we'll just jump right into it. Where uh, Where'd you grow up? Well, I was born in 1967 in St. Helena, California, uh, which is right outside of uh, Santa Rosa, California. Um, I was born on Labor Day. Mom went into labor. Uh, Does that mean your birthday's coming up? My birthday's this Sunday, oh. so I'm a day after Clinton <laughs> Lesh's. So. Um, went into labor. Uh, my mom did, and uh, so they started, they, at, at the time they lived in Sacramento, so they were in Bodega Bay, California, and started making their way back, and they knew that they weren't going to make it all the way into mm-hmm. Sacramento, so they called ahead to the hospital in St. Helena, and a doctor was there, and or a doctor was going to be there, and uh, I was born on the gurney heading into the uh to the delivery room so um didn't even make it in no so you know we i spent the first two years of my life uh in the sacramento napa area and then i remember vividly and i mean in vividly when we went by and looked at uh, the house in sebastopol california that we were going to be that my parents ended up buying and I was only three and a half years old, but it was my earliest, my my first uh, uh, memory that I can recall, and that's that's pretty young for most people. But I mean, I'm, you said I remember this was at three, three and a half, wow, three and a half. I remember we drove up, and there was a gentleman working on a a purple GTO hood up on blocks. Uh, the house was robin's egg blue. The weeds <laughs> were high, and we walked around and then we walked into the house and the bedroom that I ended up having was housed by a, they had a pet raven. And I remember like it was yesterday. So pet raven. Yeah, they had a, they had a raven in the house. So, huh. uh, what, uh, what did your parents do? Parents at the time, uh, my, my father was, he worked for a, a chip company as a, um, as a, salesman and then they they bought a business in sebastopol called sunset linen service like computer and, chips and stuff uh no or chips potato like chips. potato chips okay, okay. bell brand foods bell brand <laughs> chips are no longer around there but then they they were bought out by laura scudder and uh and whatnot but then he wanted to be his own his own boss if you will so they bought an existing uh laundry service which is a pickup and delivery so they would they would go to residential as well as commercial pick up the dirty launder it deliver it back clean and they did that for probably 15 years and then they sold that and then my dad started another business called country linen service and ran that and my my brother now owns country linen service so but they 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 ran their own business and they also owned a deli in uh, Roner Park, oh, right near where I went to college at Sonoma State University, and uh, that's where I worked when I was in, when I was going to school. But uh, not a bad place to work, I guess. Not a, not a bad place. I mean, it was tough because I was playing ball at the same yeah. time, and, and you know I was I was on the baseball field until I was uh, until it was about six o'clock. Then I'd go work the deli until eleven, <laughs> close that down. Then I'd do my homework and. You know, about right, 3 a.m. rolls around, you're back out the field again. So, yeah. 
Um, but no, growing up in Sebastopol, California was wonderful. Sebastopol is, um, it's inland from uh, Bodega Bay. It's about 30 miles as a crow flies, but it was pretty flat through there. So we would have the, the fog would roll in in the summertime and then the fog would roll back out around when school was about to ready to begin. So it's like you spent your entire summers just in this <laughs> fog bank. Um, but great place to, great place to grow up. How many people lived there? Sebastopol at that time was about 3,500. Um, oh, it was a, uh, and it's, it's, it's bloomed since I'm, then, yeah, sure. but Sebastopol at the time was all Gravenstein apple farmers and, uh, sheep ranchers. So that's what it was. It was, it was sheep and it was apples and now it's all grapes, all wine grapes. Huh? No more trees, no more sheep. Isn't, cause isn't wine grapes just gigantic out in California? It's huge, but you know, I mean, so everybody had this, uh, they had this mindset that they were in this, this dream that they would buy 15 acres or five acres or three acres or two acres. And they were going to, uh, you know, make a, it, it was very romantic for them to, right. have, to have wine grapes. Yeah. So, um, it, it, you know, nobody wanted to be an apple farmer at that time at the, the transition when I was leaving. So when I grew up in Sebastopol, it was also, we didn't have one way streets and the train ran right down main street and it, the train no longer goes through Sebastopol. The, the, there's more one ways than two ways. Uh, it's all whole foods and hoity toities and ritzies. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's changed a lot. I mean, what you had is you had the influx of the people living in San Francisco, yeah. uh, wanting a little bit of a, an, a, a, a suburban lifestyle. So they would move to the country, if you will. And so they moved on up, but they, they also brought their, uh, they brought their ways of life that they wanted to have very similar to what we're kind of seeing here in the, in the big city down yeah. here. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot like that. I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of similarities. How big is it today? Today's Sebastopol is at least 15,000 people. Oh, that's quite a growth. And it's, it's a big growth. I mean, yeah. and it, it can only grow, uh, out to the extensions of the, the larger landholders that are still farming grapes or still holding on, still holding on. So yeah. it'll all, they'll all be connected at one point, all those little towns out there by just a sign. You, you think you're in one area, but you're actually in the same area. So. Yeah. It's still just one city now. That's right. That's kind of what Bozeman, Belgrade. Manhattan's becoming in four corners. It's just one giant city now. Exactly. Which, like even for me, when I was here going to school five years ago, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that. There no. was space in between. It literally has been within. It's been since the time we moved here. That's the whole growth. Is that five year span? It's been the biggest spurt here in the Bozeman area. It's crazy. It's nuts. Huh? What was uh? What was high school like? High school was for me it was fantastic so um so i grew up in sebastopol and then i went to public school uh kindergarten through fifth grade and then i went uh, sixth seventh and eighth at a middle school and it was it was about eighth grade that or seventh grade and eighth grade that i realized that i wanted to play baseball at a, at a different level and um and i nothing against anybody that I was growing up with in Sebastopol, but I knew that I needed more. Yeah. And I knew that I, um, 
I needed a, a, a bigger challenge in my life. Um, and some of my buddies that I grew up with, I knew that I knew the direction that they were going to go, or I had an idea about the direction they might be going. Yeah. And I, I asked my folks if, if I could possibly make a change and go to a private school in Santa Rosa. And it just so happened that, um, my good friend that I played a lot of baseball with since from little league, he was being recruited by a high school in Santa Rosa, um, uh, high school called Cardinal Newman. Not that I, I maybe I shouldn't say he was being recruited because we did Cardinal Newman never recruited. Oh, was it? Was it a? It's Catholic high as school. As I say, <laughs> pretty sure all the Catholic high schools so recruit. It, it was. It, I. It, I dare I say that that, <laughs> that he was being recruited. But they were ask. They were giving him a lot of information about Cardinal Newman. Oh, so, John. His name is John Wetland, and John Wetland. Um, he uh, he came to our house for the for the meeting with people from Cardinal Newman, and he, he was my mom and dad took great care of John and uh, at that time in, in his life when he needed a little more stable environment mm-hmm. and so uh, Cardinal Newman came by and and uh, uh, gave John the spiel and then they you know they also in turn not because I had the John Wetland uh, talent but they said hey we'd love to see it if, if, if you want to come over it would be great as well so um, needless to say Went to Cardinal Newman High School, uh, played four years of great baseball. Uh, John Wetland was drafted uh, by the Dodgers and then uh, went on to be the 1996 World Series MVP with the New York Yankees. So, I mean, (laughs) so John was great. I was good. I was able to be a good player on great teams. Yeah. So it was, I had a very, I had a, I had a great ride at Cardinal Newman. What Cardinal Newman gave me that I knew I wasn't going, that I would not have received at Anley High School, the public high school in, in Sebastopol was, uh, Newman taught me about morals. Newman taught me about manners. Newman taught me about standards. Newman taught me about uh, the ability to prepare yourself for the next leg in life. And I never would have received that at in Sebastopol whatsoever. What do you think was the most significant factor on the teachings of that? Was it just like the Catholic standard? No, or was I, it? I don't think it was the Catholic standard. I think it was the because I mean, looking back, I mean, our, our teachers were Catholic, but it was but they were more along the lines of of teachers that gave a one on one approach to you specifically, yeah. not necessarily a one on thirty approach to an entire class. <laughs> So you you were able to you were able to be called out on all the crap, but you were also uh, uh, commended for all of the good. So it it wasn't it was not a um, it was not a rush through. It was a very specific. You're going to you're going to start this and you're going to finish it and you're going to finish it because you understand everything. Yeah. 
and it was it was fantastic. I mean, granted, I I did get tired of mass every Friday. Um, <laughs> we had a lot of polenta, uh, but uh, for the most part, um, I believe it was just be- the, the education that I received was was because of the the one on one time that they gave you specifically. Yeah, and I think that's big. It is. It's it was for me. It was huge, and I needed that. Um, I was at a point in life where, uh, I, at that point in my life, I was, I obviously was was needing that. So, mm-hmm. like a lot of young high school kids. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it's tough. I don't. It's almost. I would agree. Not enough kids get enough one-on-one attention, whether it's good or bad, or just. I mean, disciplining in general. Oh, the discipline. Just yeah, and the discipline was. I mean, and, and you know, I'll be honest. I was a. I was a fighter in high school. I was a. I was that small kid with the small, with the, I had sh- short, short person's mentality where it's like short man syndrome. Yeah, you wanna, you wanna go? Let's go. So I mean, I didn't care what size you were. So I'd start something knowing that I, I was not going to be able to finish it, but I would yeah. start it. And uh, you know, the one of the things, uh, the repercussions that they had at Cardinal Newman is if you did get in a fight with a with another student, you would spend the entire lunch hour in the gymnasium with boxing gloves on and you would do three rounds of three minutes boxing and I don't know if you've ever put on a set of boxing gloves Mm -hmm. but boxing gloves at the end of three minutes in the first round those 30 ounce gloves or whatever ounces they are feel like they're 50 pounds I mean I was protecting my face for about the first minute and a half and then then the gloves went, they got lower and lower down to my waistline. And you were I'm fighting getting, against I'm get, someone else? Or? Pound, oh, oh, yeah, you're fighting against the person you got in a fight oh, with. Well, that's quite a way oh, to Oh, yeah. Do yeah. I mean, they were like, you want to fight? We're going to box. And we're going to do this a safe way. We're going to do this a safe way. And we're going to do it. And, you know, the our uh, Father John, our, our principal, I mean, he was a big believer in boxing. He's <laughs> like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this right. So. It's weird how all those old Catholic guys are big believers in boxing. <laughs> they, 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 they took it back to, uh, I think, let's get the fighting out of you, and let's let's bring the art form into you. Yeah, it's like you know, let's 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 take the anger out or the or the frustration or whatever whatever it was, yeah. whatever it was at that time, and and now we're going to try to make it an art form and a sporting form. So it's like if you, if this is really what you want to do. This is how you're going to do it. We're not going to do it in a classroom. We're going to do it down here. Yeah. And and if you if you do don't, it where nobody's watching. And if you it. don't like it, then don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad way to teach them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Clint was Clint was pretty specific that he wanted to hear about this whole baseball thing. So what was? I take it you were pretty good in high school with baseball. Oh. I mean, you mentioned you were a good player on great teams. I was. But. A, I was a good player on a great team. So I played. So I started, so it, let's, if we're going to do this, I'm going to go all the way back to Little League. So sure. I'm at Little League tryouts, and I was born in September, so I was younger than the draft age at tryouts. So we go to tryouts, and I kick everybody's you-know-what <laughs> in batting and throwing, and I'm just like, I'm rocking it, and I did not get drafted to the majors and my mom had the hardest time explaining to me that I was not eligible to be to go to the majors based upon my <laughs> birth date. And so I went to the flipping minors, and I just it was like, this is I, I 
to this day, I still didn't, I, I don't think I truly understood it at that time in my life. So I went to the minors and I, uh, I just absolutely rocked it there. And, um, I, I, I made it a point that I had to prove to everybody else that I should be in the majors, regardless of, of right. whether or not I could Age, be there. Whatever could be there. Yeah. I was not going to get there no matter what yeah. I did in the minors. So, so that was my uh, that was my transition into baseball, uh, and I, I I just loved the sport because uh, baseball is a um, in my mind is a thinking person's game. You have there's a lot of uh, there's a, there's a lot of chess match involved in baseball. Yep, and. Um, I always wanted to be a pitcher or a catcher, so I, I played both because I wanted to be involved in every single play of the game I at all times. Kind of knew what was going on I, too. I wanted to watch the field. I wanted to then. I wanted to pitch. And my grandfather, who was a very successful baseball player, uh, my mom's father, um, he was a pitcher, but he was also a second baseman or a pitcher. But he was short like I was, and he goes, you know, Michael, you need to be a uh, you need to be a second baseman. You're not built like a pitcher. And so, anywho, I uh, I defied my grandfather's wishes, and then I, I, I became a, a, a pretty good pitcher. Um, so, pitched all through uh, Little League, and then I played four years of American Legion baseball. I uh, played for the Santa Rosa team. Um, I was fortunate enough to... Uh, play on some pretty good legion teams and legion tournaments um i had some pretty famous roommates that i played with in in american legion like matt williams who was a third baseman for the san francisco giants and hmm. uh, uh nomar garcia para and um just just some other baseball players like that i was it was for me it was it was it was a fantastic summer program for me because i just got to i got to go to all of these baseball stadiums and throw and throw and throw throwing too much though at a younger age is really what di what did it for me but I was able enough to uh, play baseball at Cardinal Newman so I played uh, I, I played freshman ball my freshman year uh, the, the high school that I went to had a freshman team and we played in a freshman league mm -hmm. and then I was able to start on the JV team the following year and then I got called up to the varsity at the end of the season and then I played the rest of my time my my junior and senior year on the on the on the varsity team um I was my my claim to fame if you will if I don't even know it's fame but my uh I was able to start in the championship game my junior year over John Wetland <laughs> and he was a senior and um anyways we we Long story short, we both got rocked. We both got got hit pretty hard uh, by some good guys and some great great baseball players. But uh, um, went on from Cardinal Newman, played at the uh, Santa Rosa JC, played there for two years, and then um, took a took a year or two off, and then working in the. Uh, uh, Went back to school at Sonoma State, working in the deli, and the head coach of Sonoma State rolls in and he goes, "What are you doing?" <laughs> he goes, "Get on out there. I need, you know, come on. Need ball players. Play some ball." So, went on and played uh, at Sonoma State for two years, and we were fortunate enough to be in the Division Two College World Series. 
oh, the wow. two years that that I was playing there. Um, you know, Division Two is a lot different than Division One. For sure, it's it's like any division when you're football, baseball, basketball. Um, but for me, it was it was a, it was a proud moment in my life that I was able to. Uh, just be a part of all of it i mean yeah that's pretty cool you can't take it away from me no. and so that was my that was my fraternity like clinton has his ag <laughs> that was my fraternity are you agr as well mm-hmm. so i mean baseball it's a it's a brotherhood it's a brotherhood and it's uh i mean some of my great friends i was able to play with and and to this day i mean you know you you make friends in high school and and you 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 remain friends with a lot of them mm-hmm. you play a, an integral part in in college sports like that where you're with them every single day they're your friends for life so yeah especially if you go on to the college world series that's another just section of part of it that just brings the camaraderie on and- exactly exactly it was uh i mean and then and then i went on and i started coaching baseball so i, I coached um when we moved to Laytonville after we were married and we moved to Laytonville when Maddie was, did you meet Shanna at college or is it? No, we were both out of college. Um, so I met Shanna. Um, she was a hospitality director at a winery in Napa and I was working for my parents linen company. So Mm. I would drop towels off and rugs off. I was the linen boy, if you will, (laughs) paying for my college education that I paying back my college education. Um, and then, uh, one day I went in there and she asked me out. So, oh, there you yeah, go. well, I was going to ask her out, but she, I, I think, well, I know this for a fact that it was not even, I think. So I was like the third choice. So she had gone through <laughs> oh. choice one, choice two. And <laughs> it, and then, so I was the, uh, I was the, the very last backup plan to go to this, this wine tasting party. So, um, anyways, I, uh, Back to uh, baseball, if I stick with baseball real quick. Um, I ended up, I was the, I coached baseball in the varsity level in, in Laytonville for 12 years. I was the uh, small school coach of the year there. We took a team that didn't win a game in five years, and I took them to the championship year two. Wow. Um, and... You know, they, they were a bunch of ragtag kids that had no discipline, and I brought in a college-type system, and then I, I, I bought practice uniforms for everybody. Everybody was going to dress the same. There wasn't going to be any standouts. I didn't want anybody to look better or have better equipment than anybody else, so I wanted yeah. everybody to be the same. And uh, uh, we I forced them to practice hard so that it would make the game easier i'm like you know what we're going to do this routine over and over and over again so that come game time it's routine right it's like you 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 know this just another practice so it it worked out well and then um i coached uh girls high school soccer varsity soccer for four years i coached (laughs) girls varsity and jv basketball for a year and then I coached when, when Maddie and Emma um, got into high school, and I was still coaching baseball. Uh, Shanna goes, you know what? You know, I really think that you need to uh, be a part of your your girls' high school career. So you can, I, I'd recommend a couple things. One, you can uh, stop coaching baseball and watch your kids play softball, 
or two, you can stop coaching baseball and coach girls softball. So I ended up coaching girls softball for another <laughs> six years, and that was a lot of fun. So, um, you know, baseball has just been a, it's been a, it's been a, it's a, it's baseball is, it's a, it's a part of your life once you accept it as being a part of your life right. and you, it never leaves you ever. I mean, for me, it, it, it I mean, I'm baseball's just a way of my life. It created who you are. It did. It did. Totally. Especially we've been playing it your whole life. It, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I played it? two years of Legion and it's, uh, <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. Oh, but. and, 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 and baseball is either, you are either a, you are into baseball, like you're all in <laughs> or, or you out. are, you're like, that was a great run. I, I do appreciate those two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I am. It's like never played it growing up, never had any interest in it. And then we got a Legion team and it's like, well, they don't have enough players. So I'll go play, but uh, right. it was fun though. Yeah. It's for me, it was great. I mean, I just, I loved it. I, uh, um, baseball's very, uh, it's very romantic for me. <laughs> I mean that. I mean, no, yeah, and I, I, and I, I get I, it. And a lot of people cannot watch a baseball game on the television because I do get it. It's it's very monotonous. Do you watch them? Oh, I love watching baseball. Okay. I mean, it's for me. It's 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 like watching a chess match, and people they're like, "Why would you want to watch a chess match?" Because it's the same thing. Well, it's they like, don't understand it. Well, and it's just it's very. Uh, it's it's one move after the other. Yeah. It's one move after the other. And as a pitcher, whenever you were throwing the ball, it was you were never throwing it for that situation. You were throwing it for two pitches ahead. Yeah. So you were always trying setting to it setting it up. So. Yeah. Huh. What did you study at college? Or I guess both of them. I'd assume the junior college might have been just junior college. Just, junior college was baseball, and I got yeah. my A. And then yeah. um, I graduated in business economics. Okay. So um, sure. I wanted to be. I really wanted to be an English major, um, but I could not keep up with the literature load. I didn't read that fast, and I was playing ball, so I couldn't keep up with the. Did you say what was the curiosity in that? I want. Well, I wanted to. I don't know. First of all, I, was, I wanted to be pre-law, and then, oh, and then I okay. went, well, I, maybe I'll go in English as a, as a way to get into that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I couldn't read 13 novels in a semester. I just couldn't do it and play ball. So um, I quickly realized that I needed, and I kind of, I, I felt guilty about this. I, I, I sidetracked back to what came easiest to me, and mm -hmm. I, and, and I, and I, I found myself not doing that always, but I, maybe it's human nature to kind of come back to what is in your wheelhouse. Yeah, it's kind of like water. It'll find the easiest way down the mountain. Yeah. So I went back to, to biz, and, and I love numbers, and so I, was, I majored uh, with an emphasis in economics. Um, and um, stats came easy to me, so it was, it was one of those classes that I'm like, oh, I, I like I like the idea of educated risks with statistics. So right. I mean that's kind of that's what <laughs> propelled me into doing some of the things that I'm doing now. So yeah. um, but it was it was a good run. And you know, Sonoma State at that time was just a really small little school. It was kind of it was transitioning from a um, a college that was for 
40 to 60 year old people that were just continually taking classes at this college right. to where it was transitioning into a, a full-fledged four-year university where it, it, it had some ground. Granted, I when I went to Sonoma State, it was predominantly known for its liberal arts and uh, psychology. And there were only three of us that graduated in the business econ uh, department. So <laughs> when they announced us, we all three stood up and we all had a prominent role in the procession. So <laughs> one got to carry the flag. One got, to, I mean, it was, it was, it was fun. So special moment. It was, spe- <laughs> yeah, special <laughs> moment for me. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I did it. And <laughs> we're out of here. You know, send me the bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious about your Shanna and your guys' love story. So like for me, love has been just hard in general, sure, just in my life. And mm-hmm. so like now that I've kind of figured it out, mm-hmm. not like figured love out, but just like figured out how to give love and receive love and stuff like that. I'm super curious about everybody's love story that is like been together for 20 plus years or 25 plus years or however long it's been. And Well, this, so November 13th, Shannon and I celebrate our 30th anniversary wow. being married. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, you know, love stories are, um, let me just say, a good marriage is one that is based upon hard work, mm-hmm. stress, <laughs> and seriously, it's it's the hardest yep. yet most rewarding job you'll ever have in your life. Yep. Because, you know, as as we grow individually we also have to know that our partner is growing individually yeah, kind of got to grow together and our, too and, our par- and we have to we have to make adjust not a not sacrifices but adjustments as mm-hmm. to the importance of certain things in our life and and is it really important or is it really not that important and you have to be willing to um to to be able to work well with one another on being on on giving and taking and when shannon and i had uh, children we knew that we were not going to we were going to be consistent and on the same team no matter what it was not going to be one of those situations where we would ever say wait until your father comes home or wait until your mother comes home or um or if Shanna were to impose discipline or impose um, a treat, if you will, for the kids, <laughs> it was it was going to be I would back her up completely, whichever way, right. because I believed in her uh, ability. De- yeah, decision making, decision making process, and I I think um, you know I think the hardest thing uh, for me that I. I that I've had to deal with is um, Shanna has always been so strong and uh, positive and had such a great childhood with her friends and her friend group that I felt um, I felt a little intimidated by her friend group. I mean, mm-hmm. she because she boasted <laughs> them up like there was no tomorrow, and I I, I did. I felt. Um, 
You almost had to live up to their expectations. I, I felt that I had yeah, to. Yeah, you, you, you. And, and that was me. And, it yeah. was, and I was totally wrong by having to do that. I should have just, at, in the early stages, just gone with me. Yeah. And, and, and felt I, confidence. <laughs> confidence is what I was lacking um, as, as a spouse in the beginning. And that was mm. the, that was the biggest thing for me to work on was my own confidence and my ability to stand on my own two feet with whom I felt she propped up on this pedestal. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I, I wanted to make certain that I was of equal of the people that she was so proud of. Right. And, 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 and I was, but I, and it took me a while to, to learn that I was. Yeah. Um, she always knew that I was, but it took me a while for me to learn that. So, yeah, that'd be hard. And if, I mean, did, and if she doesn't ever like maybe express that you're on the same level as the pedestal or you're, you're... Oh, she always did. It oh. was, just, it was always yeah. me. Okay. It was me. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And that's where that's, you know, that was the, the biggest hurdle. If we, if we had one in our relationship was, was me. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. A lot of people can learn from that one. It's, a lot of the hurdles, I think, in relationships are internal. Oh. Like, it's not like the relationship together is bad. It's just people trying to get over themselves to make the relationship better. Right. And it was, you know, it was, it was just, it, I was learning. And, and young. And I was young. Yeah. Um, but as you get older, you mellow a little bit and there are, there are things that you don't even worry about anymore. I'm like, I care, care less. I mean, and once you're, once you're confident and good in your own skin, it doesn't matter. Nothing else does. really. And it's like you, you have all the trust in the world with, with your spouse Mm -hmm. and it's, it's been wonderful. Well, hell yeah. What, uh, what happened? How old were you guys when you met? We were, 28 wow 28 we're now uh, I am I turned 56 uh, this Sunday Shanna is um, a year older than I am mm-hmm. so yeah that's uh that's that's kind of older it, yeah it, it if we're gonna be completely honest here yeah I mean for yeah for a lot of people yeah. it is I mean but I mean I, I mean I wasn't ready to I wasn't ready. I was not capable until <laughs> not I was there 20. yet. No, no, yeah. no, no. I mean, I, I, I would have made it work, but I mean, yeah, I, I uh, no, I get that feeling. And I, I also believe that, uh, I'm a believer that things happen for a reason right. and, um, they happen the way they're supposed to, the way that they, and, and you, you go down the roads, you go down that leads you to where you are now. Mm-hmm. And some roads, are a little crappy, windier are crappy yep. and some roads are paved and completely lined with, <laughs> with proper paint and, yep. um, all green signs going exactly. down. Exactly. And you know, life isn't all about the perfect road. And, um, it's, uh, you know, I just, I hope, you know, for, for Maddie and Emma and, and their new adventures that they're going on, I hope that they can understand that, life is not perfect and you know they have to be willing to accept the potholes and accept the torrential rainstorms Mm -hmm. and expect 
the the snowstorms, the blinding snowstorms, knowing that if you just if you just keep moving, you're going to get through those things, and all of a sudden it's going to see be, sunlight. One it's going to be clear again, and you know it's it's uh, it life's difficult. Yeah, and if you are unwilling to bend, work with, amend to to the challenges, you're not going to make it. No. No, and I think that's one thing I've learned because it was, I think for a lot of young people, they don't see past the storm. Right. They only see what's in the storm, and it's the end of the world at that day or whatever time it is. But then it's like, okay, you wake up the next morning, it's like, rain. it's not raining as hard today. No, exactly. You know, but, and, I mean, and, you know, you're as, you're only as strong as you're going to be, um, when you're tested. Yeah. That, yeah. Gotta be tested. You have to be tested. <laughs> Gotta be. You have to be tested. I mean, hmm. I, I feel sorry for those that are not because. I do too. I mean, being tested is, that's, that's what makes us who we are. Yeah. You know, I mean, I. I take on a lot of stress just because of what I do for a living these days, and, and I take educated risks, and a lot of people are not willing to uh, to put things out there the way I do. But um, at, I mean, at some point, you're going to have to take a risk, exactly. whether you want to or not. Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, It's been a good run. I mean, <laughs> I, I've had a great life. I mean, I've been, I'm, I'm blessed. Yep. I, I truly am blessed. I mean, I just, I mean... We were fortunate enough to have a place in Laytonville that we were able to have it be the place that all of the kids came to. So, I mean, we were able to bring on additional kids to our house that right. that needed a a safe, comfortable yeah, place to, to, la- to land on. Yeah. yeah, and we always knew where our kids were, and mm-hmm. we knew where their friends were. They were all right there at the house. So. Makes things a little easier. It does. It does. Huh. So what happened after you guys got married, you and Shanna? What was the next steps? So we got married in 1993. And then um, in 1995, Maddie was born. And 18 days after Maddie was born, we decided to move to from Santa Rosa, California to Laytonville. And Laytonville was where her parents owned a grocery hardware mercantile store and they were second generation owners at that time Hmm. and shanna always wanted to have maybe take an opportunity or a chance at at being a third generation owner of that store so we moved up there and i started working for uh bernie and judy uh, shanna's folks my in-laws and um shortly thereafter bernie became uh ill once again with cancer his I may be wrong, but I think it was his fifth bout of wow. cancer. Um, and uh, so I started running the store for Bernie and Judy and because Bernie was unable to be at the store as much as he once was. So did that until uh, about 2000, and then we, we purchased the store in 2000. And uh, then in 2000 and... Emma was born in 1997, so in 2005,
2005, we then the new store was complete. We built a 17,000 square foot grocery store behind the old 7,000 square foot <laughs> store. And the old 7,000 square foot store that became our parking lot. We leveled that and that was our new parking <laughs> lot. Um, it was a, it was, it was a huge boon for our local economy and our local, uh, just, just the people in general. They yeah. had, they had a micro whole foods market in downtown Laytonville, California, if you will. So Shannon did a phenomenal job on the interior decoration. How many, um, people lived in Laytonville? At I guess about between 12 and 1500. Oh, okay. Small store. Yeah. Small store. Um, you know, Laytonville is a town that, um, has transitioned over the years, um, it went from a huge logging town, mills everywhere, mm-hmm. um, to the uh, being overregulated by the state of California, mills shutting down, <laughs> timber industry kind of kind of waning or or on crutches, if you will. Right. And you know they they turned uh, more towards a a marijuana growing market black market uh wherever you can grow great wine grapes you can grow great marijuana (laughs) yeah hot days cool nights so we had the coastal influence so we'd have those real 90 degree days during the summertime and then we cool down in the 50s at night and so a lot of people that were once in the in the timber industry turned towards that market Hmm. Um, instead of moving, they stayed there and they did this. And, uh, so it was a, we had the grocery store, we had the Ace Hardware store and we provided the community with, with the goods and service goods that, that they needed and wanted at a good price. And it was very reciprocal. So we, we donated a lot of money back to the community. Shannon and I did, um, with various ways. Um, but it, it was a great place to raise Maddie and Emma, um, in, in our minds, uh, small town, they got to participate in everything that they wanted to participate in because they could play any sport because of the lack of right. students there. Yeah. Um, and then we, we got them involved in 4-H and, uh, we found out soon that the agrarian lifestyle and animal husbandry was. What's the agrarian? Agrarian is just an, an, a an agricultural oh, okay. lifestyle. Okay. Um, it was and an, of the earth. Right. And um, we found that uh, that form of an alternate education was going to be phenomenal for them. <laughs> Not only did they learn how to take care of animals before, so they had to feed their animals before they could eat. Yeah. They had to take care of their animals just as though they were taking care of themselves. They had to learn how to speak to other kids, to their community leaders, yeah. and, to, and to the general public. So their speaking skills just blossomed by being in 4-H. So that threw us into a whole new field. So that took us from just being Laytonville 4-Hers to a Mendocino County 4-H right. program. And that got me involved in, I was, I ended up being the junior livestock chairman at our fair for 10 years. 
I was the Mendocino County Farm Bureau president for four years. Mm-hmm. I was the... Uh, Got all up in it. I was the Leightonville <laughs> Fire Chief. Or I was, I was Layton, excuse me, the Leightonville Board President for 10 years. Um, involved. I was a... I was... I was involved and Shanna was a school board member. So, yeah, um, I think, I think that's the best way to be in those small communities though. Yeah. If you want to be, if you want to be part of the solution, uh, you need to be a part of it. Yeah. And cause you can't sit on the sidelines and go, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way. No, if you don't want to, I mean, yeah, you have to get in it. <laughs> yeah. Got to put yourself out there a little bit. Yeah. So Leightonville was, Leightonville was a great spot. I remember the, I remember the day I told my father that we were moving from Santa Rosa to Leightonville and he goes, what are you going to do up there? You're going to be so <laughs> bored. I have, I was never so busy in my life. I just, just say you can do as much as you want in never these small so communities. Busy. That's right. That's right. Now it was it was a, it was a great spot. Um, you know, and 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 then when our kids went to school, or excuse me, when our kids went to college, and then they, as they were graduating, you know, we we. We didn't offer, but we asked if they would want to come back and maybe take their hand at being a, a fourth generation owner. Right. And they, both of them, uh, th- thanked us, but <laughs> but said, you know, uh, we're going to try our, we're going to take our own route. And I and I applauded them for that, and that's what led us to where we are right now and right. being in Montana. So, um, I guess we'll go back to the grocery store for a couple sure. things. Um, what was the process in? Uh, just how you got your foods, like being a whole foods market, I guess, grocery store. Is that what you said it was? We, well, we were like a whole food store. So okay. we, we, we had, uh, we had distribution outlets. So we, we ordered our product from, uh, unified grocers, which is now UNFI. Um, they were our distributor. Uh, we ordered our, we had beef, we had local beef distributors, um, from Humboldt County as well as from Mendocino County. So we would process, we would get, our beef in quarters or in, or in halves and we would break them down. So we, Oh, you'd process them. At, we, we, pro- at the we, store. yeah, we did them at the store. We didn't just get box beef where we put yeah. it on. We, we didn't, yeah. we weren't just merchandisers. So we did, and then we did all of the, the, the wild game, uh, really? for the, for the County. So everybody bring their deers in or elk. That's kind of a slick way to do it. And then, you know, we would, we would be the, one of the main cut and wrap facilities for the fair animals. Sure. So, it was a, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're kind of, and I don't want to say a dying breed because dying is such a negative connotation, but we, we are no longer the norm. Old school. Old school. Yeah. So we, we, uh, we, we do a lot of things that a lot of other groceries, like your larger grocery stores, Safeway, Albertsons, <laughs> yeah. they don't do that. No. Everything comes in, and they their meat department, their meat their meat merchandisers. So right. they get it in the box, they put it out. Where we we actually we break it down, we cut it up, we do our own grind and and whatnot. But the store was, and we had a lot of local producers for our produce. So we would feature local well, produce. That was growers. my next question too. Where did you get all your fruits and vegetables from? And uh, local. I think that's the best way to do it. It was great. It yeah. was fantastic. We had a, we have a, a wonderful person in town uh, who was just a, a phenomenal farmer, and her name is Irene Angber, and she would produce some of the best produce, and she still does. Uh, she produces some of the best <laughs> produce for for the county of Mendocino. I mean, yeah. and we're 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 we are lucky enough to have her as one of our uh, vendors. So, 
What What do you think are the pros and cons of keeping it local and not keeping it local? Well, it, it comes down to cost. Right. I mean, so you have you have quality first, right? And then you have cost. That this is my approach. Yeah. Quality is always first. Price is always second, because if you have quality, people are going to pay. Mm-hmm. If your quality is is lacking, they're not going to pay that high price. No. Um, so you, you you just have to find a happy medium as to the margin that you're wanting to produce in a in a specific. Uh, uh, department. So if you want your produce department to be at a margin of say 35%, you have to have the quality and you have to have the price and you have to, you may have to lower your retail price in order to stay within a shoppable price. Um, Because, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to, as consumers, we're not going to overspend on something that may be of like quality that's down the road for yeah, half the get, price. Right. <laughs> so it's just, it's a, it's, it's, it's a delicate, it's a delicate dance that you do every single day in the retail industry. <laughs> you just, you're always checking to see if you are, cause in the grocery industry, um, especially in a local market, your customers will verbally and non-verbally tell you yeah. that you yeah. are, off the mark. Yep. They're either going to tell you, lower your prices, or they don't come back in. So that's the nonverbal. They mm-hmm. just they stop shopping. You, <laughs> you huh. always want the verbal ones because then yeah, you, that, it'd be that a lot gives, easier. It gives you an idea as to, you know, what are we supposed to work on? Put a whiteboard up. Is that's this right. too high or is this too low? Yeah. Right. Huh. What, uh, what do you think would be the best way for, like, the local market and stuff for the local producers to be able to come in and sell their beef because like around here or in eastern montana there's a lot of local producers that just ship everything to feedlots and then they all get slaughtered from there and shipped to these big markets but a lot of these local whatever food markets they don't use local meat and i've always thought that weird in which the laws in montana could be different than california and all that places but i've always thought weird why we don't use our own beef that we grow in the area at our own local food markets so it Price these is first. Right. Consistency is going to be number two. Mm-hmm. So you're if if you're a if you're a beef producer, say in eastern Montana, and you're wanting to put all of your your product into grocery stores and restaurants in the Bozeman area, you have to be coming in at a price that is going to be affordable for them because you're coming in. The producers usually make the least amount right, which, on the product because yeah. the re- the end person makes the most the 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 retailer or the restaurant mm-hmm. and I they make I shouldn't say the most but they they predominantly make more, um, but you I think. As a grocery store owner, we always wanted to make certain that whatever we bought from you as a producer, it had to be consistently the same every single order. So when we got your beef in, ribeyes need to be the same, grind right. needs to be the same, taste needs to be the same. So your finish, the finish that the producers have to, that they have going, they have to be consistent on the finish every single time. And they have to have the product that's available for the demand all the time. Right. Cause I mean, to have the system built e- exactly. up. Exactly. So it's like, I'm going to need, I'm going to need a half a beef 
every week. Right. Are you going to have the the product that's going to be yeah. available for me every week? Yeah, and which yeah, most of these farmers and ranchers, it's, I guess, are set up for that that one. That's right. And get everything out of here system. That's right, and it it you you can't do that in this yeah. industry. So that's the reason why a lot of people go to the packers or they go commodities with beef because they go to the feedlots and the feedlots are always full. So the feedlots are going to be yeah, they're always funneling in and out new animals all the and, time, all the time. Yeah. But you know, you have most of the growers around here. They have their you know. They, they have the shipping dates. They have their, yep. it's, it's all set. <laughs> yeah. And where do they ship to? They ship to feedlots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the most part. Right. So. Yeah. Cause I, I've always questioned that. I knew it was cause cost or whatever. And just being able to, it's, I mean, it's easier on the producers to just get everything out at once right. and not have to worry about getting it, whatever, three animals a week or whatever it is to wherever. And well, that was, that was one of the nice things about buying from Humboldt grass fed beef, uh, when we were buying, uh, from them is that they had the product consistently every single week. Yeah. I mean, we get a half a beef in cause they, 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 they raised that beef knowing that they were going to be shipping it out every week as opposed to all at once. Right. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Got to be set up for it. Exactly. Were you guys kind of ahead of the Whole Foods curve? Uh, I don't know about it. I don't know about being ahead, but I think we were right around the same time. I mean, we were right there with them. But it's, you know, we... We knew what Laytonville wanted. Mm-hmm. And then after the store opened, Laytonville told us that they wanted more. So that, that's when we started doing <laughs> more. So our grocery store was 14,000 14, square, square feet. Um, 14 of it was grocery, and the other was Ace Hardware. So it was like a mercantile yeah. under one roof. So we've been at, we were in Ace Hardware since 1972. Franchiser? Uh, no. Uh, well, yeah. Ace, Ace Hardware is not a franchise. Ace Hardware is a co-op, so it's stock there owned. There you go. Stock yep. owned. Yep. Yeah, that's what so it was. So we had, we had no franchise fees. What we paid every order that we that we ordered ours, uh, we were we paid money towards stock options mm. on every single order. So sure, good time. <laughs> time and then do you like nowadays do you have two stores is what i heard or is it kind of a we do so it was a, clint was trying to explain this and i was trying to it was kind of weird but so in 20 2018 we sold the assets of long valley market incorporated which is in Laytonville. Mm-hmm. we sold the assets of the business to a newly formed LLC. Shannon and I bought in 25% of the new LLC, so we owned 25% of the business sure. that we sold. We're now now just 25% owners. And then we still owned the building and the property. That's what it was. So then two years ago, we bought the building, Shannon and I, and one of the one of the four members of the LLC, mm-hmm. Mike Maciel, he and his wife. So Shannon and I, Mike and his wife, we bought the building and property in Hopland, California. Mm. And we have, and then we also own the business together. So we're, we've been in the process of uh, redoing the building, 
and <laughs> getting it set up. We're going to open on September 15th. Sure. So we will have two stores. Shan and I last week, or no, excuse me, 30 days ago, we sold the building and the property in Laytonville, the grocery store and yep. building property. And then we've been investing in, in the Boise, Idaho area. But so currently Shannon and I are just 25% owners of the business in Laytonville. Now that's all we have. We are 50% owners of the building property and 50% owners of the business in Hopland. Mm. So, and then we have our own commercial developments in, in the Boise, Idaho <laughs> area. Sure. Huh? What advice would you give to young entrepreneurs trying to just, I mean, do like build businesses? Start small. Uh, don't, don't go in, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Keep, keep some gunpowder dry. <laughs> um, that means keep some cash. Yeah. Um, but you have to, you have to start your wealth in a compounding way where you start small and, just and, and start, it starts exponentially grows, exponentially grows. And you have to be willing to, if you are, if you are wanting to be a true investor in anything, you have to be, you have to have the f internal fortitude to, to do it, to take an educated risk, yeah. educated risk yeah. and, and, and do it. And, and literally pull the plug, pull the trigger, whatever you want to, yeah. whatever metaphor you want to use for it. But you, 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 you can't, you can't baby step around an investment. It's either, you're <laughs> either going to do it. It's like ripping a bandaid off. You're either going to rip that thing off or you're going to yeah. just keep it on there and kind of slowly pick away at it because, uh, not everybody has the mindset to be an investor like that. Right. And it, it, you either have it or you don't. And if you, if you really don't feel like you have it, don't do it because you'll lose your shorts. <laughs> you will absolutely lose your shorts. Yeah. And, um, but I tell you the, the rewards are incredible. If you're willing to take a risk for a brief period of time, it's just, you know, you have to sign your name on the line <laughs> and turn over a few things that you owned outright. Go through the potholes. Oh, man. I tell you what. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Hold on. I think Clint. Clint had a couple questions. I don't remember. We might have talked to them all. Yeah, local foods in the market. Oh, he wanted to know what the most profitable goods in the stores are. Most profitable? On average. Produce is your most profitable. Produce has your highest has the highest margin. Um, Ace Hardware is obvious. So if you were to take in our grocery store where we had grocery and Ace Hardware, Ace Hardware is your highest mm -hmm. margin. As far as the departments in a grocery store, produce is your number one, bar none, because you have to market high. And everybody marks it high because there's so much waste. Right. There's a lot of loss. So you're, if you're, 
if your margins are 45%, then if you lose 5%, you're still down to 40. Yeah. Um, another one is meat. The meat department is, is a high one because we're the end game. We're not the producer. The right. producers, you know, I, I've always felt bad for the producers and I've been on both ends. I've been <laughs> a producer and I've been the retailer. Um, but, uh, dairy is your least profitable department in a grocery store. Why is that? There's, there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of man hours involved with stocking shelves on produce. There's a lot of stuff that moves and dairy is so price driven where, you know, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a loss leader where, you know, dairy, our, our margins were usually like eight to 10% on dairy huh. and it was, and it was heavily, uh, uh, employee driven. So I had to spend so much money on, on, uh, salary as opposed to uh, the product being sold because it was just, you had so much, right. so much involvement with employees to stock the shelves. <laughs> I mean, it's, dairy is just, dairy just moves. It's, it's a staple of, of a grocery store and it's just, it's hard to keep everything stocked. Right. But, huh. And then what kind of supply chain issues have you had? I don't know uh, if there was, I mean, that big of ones. I mean, I was sure there was ones before COVID, but so, so I was kind of out of the, the, the daily management, um, when COVID kind of hit, uh, but prior to COVID, our supply chain issues were always, uh, weather related. Yeah. So it was always storms, fires, uh, snow, uh, and heat. I mean, those were the you know, flooding. I mean, it was right. those were all directly related to whether or not we could get our product from the Sacramento Valley over the pass and into our place, and mm-hmm. and that it was it was always weather weather related. But you know, for the most part, we had a pretty good pretty good opportunity of getting everything that we wanted to get on a regular basis. I mean, yeah. some, you know. When you have companies like the Walmarts and the Safeways where they're their own distribution chain, where they're everything, you know, everything is manufactured for their warehouse and then it goes directly to their, to their retail outlet. Yeah. Uh, where we were not that way. Ours always went to a, a third party distribution center and then they, then that came to us. So you had to pre-order a lot of things in order to make sure that you were going to get what you wanted, like your, you're, you you pre-ordered your Halloween candy, your Christmas candy, your Valentine's Day candy. You ordered you pre-ordered all of your Thanksgiving turkeys. You pre-ordered all of your hams. You pre-ordered all of your Fourth uh, of July decorations. I mean, we would put all of our Christmas and stuff orders in in the springtime, so everything was pre-booked, mm. so that we knew that we were going to get it. If you didn't pre-order it, <laughs> good luck. Sayonara. That's it. And then uh, what, I guess to end it on this section, what do you think that your store did better than other stores? And what do you think you could have done better with your store to move up in the game? Well, I think I think where we set our store apart is we were the cleanest grocery store in Mendocino County. Like that's huge for grocery stores. Cleanest. It was clean. Um, 
and our st- our shelves were stocked. We had a full shelf, yeah. and we had a great staff that always greeted you um, at the time. Um, I think what we could have done better is... I think I think customer service could have been a little better from time to time. I I I think from time to time, um, you know, you have the the revolving door of entry level people that are that are coming in and out of your store. Yeah, like uh, the seasonal workers. Yeah, and- I think I think you know, some people didn't have the same ownership of their of their store that they worked at than I would have liked them to have. But right. I'm not denouncing anybody that worked <laughs> at our store. I'm just saying that was if if I could improve, I think that would have been it. Yeah, just just as a whole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right. Well what uh what brought you guys out here? Well Maddie Maddie graduated from Cal Poly yep. and uh Emma graduated from Oregon State and um Shanna's Parents both passed away. Shanna's brother lives in Dallas or outside of Dallas. Shanna's sister at the time was living outside of uh, Austin, Texas. And we didn't have any family in the community anymore. And they, the, the, the girls decided that they didn't want to come back and take their hand at the grocery <laughs> store. So we wanted to move to an area where we had the opportunity of outdoor living um, that we didn't have, say, in Northern California, where we could hike, fish, ski, be at an airport that was 10 minutes away, where we were currently <laughs> three hours away. Yeah. Um, and we, we left behind, I shouldn't say left behind, we moved away from some wonderful friends and that were out there and that we are still in touch with, but we, we kind of felt that we needed to, uh, move to an area where we're, uh, in, in more in line with people of our, uh, demographics, if you will, Mm -hmm. and our, our political and social circles that we wanted to be involved in. And so that's why we moved out here. It's a beautiful spot here. It's a life. great, it's a great spot. We <laughs> love it out here. And yeah. that's, and, and I'm not knocking anybody that we moved, moved from, but we, we were kind of a minority in Northern California. Yeah. And so, um, in, in <laughs> a lot of aspects and that's, and there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, when I was, when I ran that grocery store, I ran it as though it were Switzerland and I, I, I never had a voice because right. I always had to make certain that I was not going to uh irritate one and 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 promote somebody else so <laughs> now i'm in montana and i can just promote whatever i want i don't even care if i irritate anybody yeah. <laughs> no one cares anyways it's just, <laughs> at the end of the day if you're a good person you're a good person and 100 percent. that's it we all we get up in the morning we put our pants on one leg at a time <laughs> just like everybody else huh you guys got out here in 2018 is that what i heard yeah right Right, probably had a perfect time to get out of here. Perfect time, <laughs> you know, right before the shutdown, and then, yeah. you know, um, once the pandemic hit, it uh, <laughs> it kind of uh, it, it it awakened it 
my eyes became awakened because, you know, Montana really didn't, at least in this no, area, we didn't, didn't change. We didn't shut down. I mean, we didn't were, do anything. We, I mean, granted we social distance just by proxy because where we live, <laughs> <Right>. I mean, <laughs> Just stick with the people you were usually That's sticking it, man. with. I mean, we didn't. We never wore a mask around anybody. No, I don't uh, think I did either. Ever? No, it <laughs> ever. was the only time I had to wear one was when I went to the to the hospital to get my, <laughs> you know, my blood pressure checked or something. So. <laughs> no, it's it's been a great spot. We're 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 blessed. We're blessed to be where we are. We're blessed to have the the people like yourself around us, um, and it's a. Uh, pretty awesome yeah that's one thing i need to tell maddie before i leave i i'm very thankful for her coming into my life which was i don't even know how it happened because i was in the middle of nowhere and knew clint and i had no idea who this girl was he was seeing he's never had a girlfriend in forever and it's like what are you okay clint nobody knows what you're doing and you come up here and she's a very wonderful lady and i'm happy she brought me to you guys uh, so it's, Ma- uh, maddie's pretty special yeah and you know yeah uh, she she brings with her a um, a real insight and yeah. um, you know st- st- stay keen to her insights. She's she's pretty good at it. So yeah, I figured that one out real quick. <laughs> no, and it seems as though her and Clinton have a really good time together. Yeah, so. they it's uh, it's it's weird how like perfect they are I with know. each other. It's, <laughs> It gives you hope for it, it does, perfect love it does in the world. give you hope exactly <laughs> you know and and you know when you're looking for when you stop looking for the person you're going to find the person it's weird how that gu- works gu- guarantee you i can i can tell you that right now it's when it's you know I mean, when she, when shan and i came together it was i was not you're too busy with everything i was else not and, i was just like doing my thing and i'm like wait a second here <laughs> there's something here we gotta pay attention to <laughs> exactly exactly no and it's uh it, it's nice to watch maddie and clint it's been great to watch emma and hayden you don't know emma yet but when you meet emma emma's a spitfire emma is uh shanna jr and uh, uh she's uh she's a reckon she's one to be reckoned with so huh yeah it's been a good time being, meeting you guys and meeting actually everybody I guess around this area it's been quite nice but yeah so what uh we're into the spirituality part now you got anything well let's see here any so, weird gnomes running out in the field or something or no, let's so we'll, we'll go we're gonna go to the way back time machine here we're gonna go back to when I was about four years old until I was 12 years old so i was born on september 3rd 1967 in the height of the vietnam war and from the earliest time i could remember ever having a dream i had the same recurring dream from the time i was four to the time i was 12 Hmm. and my dream is i am sprinting as hard as I can down a dirt road with rice patties on both sides of me with a machine gun right behind me just blasting off right at my feet and at the very last moment I dive off to the right into the rice patties and the gunner goes right on by me and I had that dream every single night for eight years what and I 
I, I'm a firm believer that I died in my previous life in the Vietnam War, and I'm just trying to get past that moment in, in time in which I died. Yeah. yeah, I've had a lot of talks with Maddie about these previous lives that she talks about. She and, does. And and I'm a I mean I'm I'm a I'm a firm believer in past lives. I mean yeah. I, I I don't denounce it. I mean I'm a proponent of people talking about what lives have led them to this life. Cuz it's all going to be about what leads you to your next life. Right. And um but I mean I'm a I'm a believer but that's my if 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 that's the only thing I can offer spiritually um hey anything anything works so i'm you know i i'm a very spiritual person being um one with nature mm-hmm. and uh for me it's very hard to limit my spiritual connection to god or to or or whomever you want to connect with to one location and i think i mentioned that in my text the other day that i'm a believer that you did i'm a believer that um your church should be where you're walking at any given time and you should treat other people with respect with dignity and with love Mm -hmm. no matter where you are it should not be just relegated to one location right so I completely agree with that one. That's, that's my, uh, that's, that's the way I roll. I mean, as, and someone that went to a a Catholic high school (laughs) and and I spent, you know, every single Friday in mass and I don't, uh, I don't necessarily profess to, to, to one location anymore in my life because, uh, life is fluid. The water rose through the Yellowstone (laughs) every single day and uh it just keeps moving it does it keeps moving and i believe that you know if you want to be a good person you're going to treat other people with the same way you want to be treated yeah yeah that's the way i I roll yeah that's why your daughter has been quite an impact on me in the last year and that's just her going through all of her journeys and coming back and talking to clint and i and like what she's seen and her insights and exactly even with the last one it was just Maddie's Maddie's so insightful. She always it's has. Crazy. Been. I'm just I'm so I'm so happy that Maddie is finally able to catch up with that has been trying to catch her in this lifetime and she's she's just now grasping the 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 wonderful gifts she's been given in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's it's pretty magical for me, and I'm very accepting. I'm 100% accepting of whatever she's able to grasp onto that she's been given. And she, I mean, she's just on the tip of the iceberg of what she's been given. Literally, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I would. Um, I would yeah, I would agree. And uh, you know, uh, you know, she's all. I'm more of a stick in the mud where, where Maddie's like, dad, you need to, you need to just relax a little bit. And I mean, I mean, I relax, but I mean, I'm, you can even ask Taria. I am way more calm now in my life than I was 
20 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm more patient. Yeah. And, but I also, I don't have, I don't have near the responsibilities that I had then with, with the children being at the age that they were mm -hmm. running that grocery store in a small town, being a coach, trying to be a role model for everybody in the community. Yeah. Um, Life's a little more chiller out here. That's great. I mean, I was on the, I mean, I, I fished with Taria on the Yellowstone today. It was fantastic. I mean, Maddie's teaching me a lot about. She's a teacher. She is. She's a Whether teacher. Whether she even means to or not. And, and so is her mother. Genetics, huh? Yeah. I mean. Whatever it is. I don't know. I mean, I'm just the. <laughs> My brothers and I were once the majority being the three boys and now we're the complete minorities being the only three boys amongst all the women in our life. And, um, it's, we're, we're blessed. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I'm amazed at Maddie. I'm amazed at what Maddie and Emma do each day in their own life. Yeah. And I, you know, Shannon, and I had a, a big part in their upbringing, but I mean, that's only the first, yeah, that's only, that's only that's the first, it's the first few years of their, of their entire trying life. Trying to set them up yeah, to I be mean, able to jump off the ledge and they're doing it all on their own, doing their own yeah. thing. And it's, it's wonderful to watch. Yeah. I can't imagine that feeling as a father. <laughs> yeah, it's, being so. a, it's, it's been a wonderful ride. <laughs> it has. I mean, we're, we're blessed. We're very fortunate. I mean, yeah. that healthy, we, we're all healthy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big part of it. But so. uh, what do you have to add? Um, well, I don't. The only thing that I have to add is one thing that I learned from Maddie in this whole process about being up here and whatever the therapy that I've gone to and just the people that I've talked to and talking with people with this thing and whatever the conversations that I be able had be able to have in the last year. And it's weird that my last day on my working here is one year ago like exactly and i didn't i didn't plan it i didn't do anything and the only thing i really came up here to do was to just learn right i mean there was a couple other things but those didn't work out and so now after that i had to just learn and learn and learn and figure out myself and where i wanted to go and what i wanted to do and what kind of life i wanted to set up for my future family and whatever else is going on and the one thing that comes down to it is just love the only 100%. thing that cures everything in the world is love and you have to, but it all starts with loving yourself. Yep, yep. And because you can't love anybody else until nope. you love yourself. Nope. Period. Yep. And and you you have to be willing to give yourself and give your soul to mm -hmm. somebody. And a lot of times people have a hard time giving that, like. Yeah, it's such a. Here you go. It's on. It's on a plate right here. It's in your hands now. Be be, be cautious with it <laughs> yeah. because it's 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 delicate. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I tell you that the rewards you get are just incredible. Yeah. And like I've always told, like I've been preaching this to everybody, it's the hardest yet most rewarding job you'll ever have in your mm -hmm. life, ever. It'll be more rewarding than anything than any money you'll ever make in your life because yeah. money does not money does money is an amplifier and but love is is everything else. Yeah. So if you're yeah. 
if you're crappy with 20 bucks, you're going to be even more crappy with 20,000. So <laughs> yeah, that doesn't matter. But yeah, it's, that's the one thing I think is because growing up, I, I didn't get to see a great love relationship between parents. Okay. And so I had a hard time just developing it. How to formulate. Yes. So how to so, give it and to receive it. And, and, and what is it supposed to be like? Cause I didn't get it. I don't, I mean, you no, know, you're in your mind, you're thinking, yeah. so how does this actually work if well, it, if this so, is my only model that yeah. I have to go from? So whatever, I started, I went to therapy and uh-huh. just tried to get through that stuff. And I don't know what happened. Like before, I thought I knew what it was, like just from what I seen, but mm-hmm. it was a wrong, it was a wrong perspective. Right. I need to take a different angle at it. But I went to therapy and then with the girl that I was with, she was loving and kind and a beautiful soul and she gave me unconditional love and i i didn't know what that was like how to handle that yes and so that was challenging for me but with a couple roller coaster rides and ups and downs and therapy a couple times there was just one day in last january that everything just clicked like i didn't i Everything that had happened in my past was forgiven, like with my parents and myself and everybody that I was with. And the only thing that I knew I needed to do was just love everybody. Just be nice to everybody. Be there for them when they need me. Right. And just provide for people. That was the only thing. And I I don't know why it was just like black and white. I don't know what it was. But to me, I think everybody has kind of that moment of like, oh, it's possible just with love right and uh i i wish people didn't have to go through quite the mental challenges to get to that spot but i think it's what creates you so there's more than not there's more than what than you would want to even think that have to go through that yeah and everybody that that not everybody has the ability to just have that magical well that's what life that they've had their entire life everybody has the roller coaster right i mean and and some have more uh, detours and some have more dead ends mm-hmm. than others. But you know, it's it's just remember it's the road. Every road you've been on has brought you to where you are today. Yeah. And you can't look. The one thing that you always need to remember is that the the windshield is this big, <laughs> and the rearview mirror is this big for a reason. It's a- 16th of the windshield. Seriously. So just just know that, you know, when you're looking back, you're looking back at, at, at a small amount that's going to help you create what's what you're looking through in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been quite a journey, and I, like I tell myself every day, just be thankful for it, and yeah. we're still alive, and we're healthy, and we got a lot of opportunities going forward, so it's... That's right. Can't complain. Life is good. Yep. And life, and we're upright every day, and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't take life for granted. Yeah. Don't take anything for granted, actually. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's a big one too. Because uh, it's uh, it can be it can be pulled away from you in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I applaud you for your journey. Thank you, sir. I didn't. I might turn this podcast o- around so where I'm not running. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's it's a lot more fun when the other person asks questions like that. Yeah. It just. It allows me to stop thinking about asking questions because, sure. like, during a part of it, I'm trying to listen and then right. I'm curious, and but I got to keep it going. And it's like, okay, well, let's 
keep hitting marks here and keep the train moving. But Well, here's what I'd like to, to pose is I would like to do this same sit down a year from now. Of course. And I want to talk about nothing else than a 12-month growth. Yeah. And, and what we did in 12 months that was good, what we should have done, what we could have done, and what we did. Mm-hmm. And what led to us being a better person 12 months from now than we were today. Because if we're not trying to improve and constantly moving in that direction, then we're not, we're not moving forward. Right. That would be awesome. I would love to do it. Good. And yeah, I got to come back at some point anyway. So it's Stop. who says you have to come back. I'll go over there. Well, that's true too. I mean, I need to get take out a to, little vacation. I got to get out to Eklak and Baker <laughs> City. So. <laughs> have you been to Eklak? No, we're Shannon and I are going to go in October. Wow. We have to go. I mean, we. I mean, Kim and Brett are just like you guys need to get out yeah, of here. They've got a beautiful spot. I. They're just beautiful people. Mm-hmm. So we're we're gonna get out. There. Yeah, let me know when you guys go out there. I will, because I will be out there, and I wouldn't mind coming down and sitting down. And, and I'm sure that it'll be a time when uh, yeah, Clinch or something come Clint down. Or Maddie will come yeah. out. If, if yeah. not, if even if they don't, Chan and I are gonna go out there anyway. So yeah. we think that it's gonna be uh, um, uh, the two of them getting together permanently. So we want to make certain that we make this happen with with Emma getting married this next October. So yeah. Huh? Well, any last words of advice for everybody? Oh. Well, I think I think I passed this along to a few people, but you know, if you want to learn something new, don't act like you already know it. Just listen. Mhm. That's it. That's perfect cuz that's <laughs> that's what I'm doing here. So, well, thanks Michael. Thank you, Austin. I appreciate the time. Appreciate your time, and see you guys. Okay.